Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Deep Dive Discography. I apologize for our long absence. Absence. You might also notice that Aaron is not here. He had some stuff to take care of, so he asked me to lead the ship, and I have dropped the ball a lot, <laughs> and I didn't do anything about it. So here we are four weeks later. You, you get what you get. We're going to try something a little bit different today. I have a guest with me, Mr. Alec McRae. Hello, Mr. Alec McRae. How how are you? I'm good, Mr. Marcus Arar. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. Uh, me and Alec have been friends for many moons, and we decided that instead of asking this poor, poor man to prepare and do our format, we're just going to talk. We're going to talk about various <laughs> topics that I might or might not have prepared, depending on who you ask, and hopefully this will make riveting content to fill the void of Aaron Price. While he is away attending to personal matters, so in the meantime, hello. So consider this your trigger warning, you snowflakes. We're going to cover woke <laughs> wait, culture. No, no way, no way, no. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not going to talk about the Little Mermaid. <laughs> we're not going to talk about the Little Mermaid or, or Sasquatch or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> Ideally not. Well, I don't know. We might go there. We'll, we'll see. Um. How do we know each other? I'm kidding, obviously. Uh, He's kidding. The first time, yeah, of course. No, the first time I remember meeting you is when we played in deck piss together. I was gonna say I was thinking about you on the couch. (laughs) Wait, (laughs) I was. (laughs) I was like thinking. I was like, I've known Alec for years, and he's been in my peripheral for years. But I like couldn't identify what was our inciting incident of us just talking. I feel like one day we just were talking. And there's, like, no thing in between that. It just one day was a thing that we started doing. Very organic. Okay. Yeah, you mean, like, after we were introduced, but when we actually started, like, conversing regularly. Yeah, yeah, because we, we played in, um, I guess, Deck Piss, you can call for lack of better words, was a super group. It was just people from already established mm-hmm. bands from the area. I know, More super like group is, group. like... <laughs> Is a funny way of putting it, but I mean, yeah, it was all people from established bands, um, and yeah, I was asked to play guitar. There was like four guitar players all at once. It was me, you, and some other guys. Yeah, it was hilarious, and it was just loud, shitty fucking punk music. It was was pretty cool. So we, we played together once. In fact, it's a very memorable time we played together for two reasons. Number one, it was February 29th which is an odd day. I never forget this, by the way. Number oh, two. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was the leap year day. That, yeah. yeah. And then um, the pandemic happened. Like, literally two weeks later, everything was shut down. Yeah, that's right. And somewhere between February 29th and now, we started talking, and now we play together in our own project, Wolf Leather, which is, you know, all your music. And you just so graciously let me fuck it up. <laughs> I don't know, man. Your song's pretty fucking rad. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, for those who don't know, um, I, I do write. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the song I pitched is called 300 Stab Wounds because I was listening to a lot of 200 Stab Wounds at the time. And I was like, I got to rip this off. Like, this is like pretty good material. <laughs> I think we picked that name because I accidentally said 300 Stab Wounds. <laughs> yeah, it was something really, really dumb hard. like that. Because I just don't know. I, I don't know the band that well. So I just like. <laughs> So yeah, you just said the wrong number. Yeah, and it just kind of stuck, right? And um, Blink one eighty three, you know. 
But you know, you, you've done stuff for a while. This isn't going to be an interview, by the way, but just to kind of set up who you are, you do a lot of production. Um, you, you're actually pretty decent at mixing, I think. You, uh, you've played bass for Ending Tyranny, which perhaps some of our audience might be aware of. Um, yeah. I you know, played for them uh, many for years ago. Four years? Yeah. It was, it was but definitely if... before our friendship. While ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because that band's uh, not really together. So. I mean, I've heard rumblings that they still are trying to get shit together. They're still writing stuff or whatever, but... I hear it all the time know, about everyone action. says that. I don't know. That's like that's like some fucking yeah, like true. that is some urban <laughs> legend shit, man. <laughs> yeah, why not have like an air of mystery? Myst- I couldn't decide if I was saying mystery or mystique. Um, an air of mystery. Why not have that? Right? I also bet like bands like I don't know like Morbid Saint or Blind Witness are still writing music. <laughs> I'm sure they are. Like. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you, you did production. Ringo and Paul are still getting together every now and then. Oh, I bet they are. <laughs> I bet it's a huge <laughs> priority. But yeah, you've done production stuff. You've played bass. You've played guitar for many years amongst our local music scene. And um, yeah, yeah, we just our paths crossed one day, and we both learned we were meme queens or something, and we just started talking <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> one of us randomly messaged the other with a question about. I don't know if it was about like production or just, Oh, what's your opinion on this band or something like that? It was really out of the blue. And then it just fucking snowballed. Basically. It was honestly probably you because I have this weird tick about if I'm bothering people. So like I'm, I, I, in my brain, when I message someone, I want them to message me back like almost immediately (laughs) be like, hell yeah, brother. Like you are not wasting my time. But, um, you see, because I, I give that to other people, which is a huge uh, personal fault of mine. So <laughs> it was likely you messaged me, and I actually like took it seriously and started conversating with you. <laughs> I mean, if we really want, we can just sit here and scroll and make people watch it. Oh, that's a long time. I mean, we don't got to do that. <laughs> that's a long conversation. Well, you're not in the mood for some anti-comedy? I don't know. I don't know. That, that's, that's some deep, deep, deep references in our group chat of just all the shit we listen to and pontificate. So I, uh, I did actually come quasi prepared with talking points. And the one I was messaging you about earlier is like, and the title of this podcast episode is, uh, who stole Rodney Radke's laptop laptops, plural. I'm going to make a plural who stole the laptops, Alec, because for those who don't know, falling in reverse, was going to play, I believe it was the Will Rock Festival. I think it's an American thing. I don't know what the fuck that is. But anyways, they canceled their... Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, you know... Now I remember. Now I remember. Yeah, yeah. So they canceled... the headline. I didn't read about it. Oh, okay. So they they canceled their performance. And so, you know, the singer of Falling in Reverse, Rodney Radke, who was in Escape the Fate, now Falling in Reverse is his big thing. And, you know, they're rather popular. He goes on TikTok. I know their one song. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, I don't remember their old stuff. I actually only know their new singles, honestly. Um, uh, but anyways, I don't even know what qualifies to do for them. Sorry, I'll stop cutting you off. No, it's all, it's all good. It's all good. (laughs) Yeah. So he goes on TikTok and says, "Hey guys, we canceled because a bunch of our computers got stolen, and that's a huge part of our show. So like, my bad." And uh, (laughs) the internet ran with it, and 
I have a feeling I know what you think about this because we probably have the same opinion. Which is, uh, me and Alec talk about this a lot. A lot of people online really like to talk about stuff. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And this is <laughs> exhibit A through Z, or Z for our American listeners. Um, yeah, I mean, dude. Is it? I hate to say this. I know this is kind of a deep cut, but yeah. the very first thing I'm thinking is just replying in like a super jokey boomer ma- manner. <laughs> yeah, we were like, on some. <laughs> why don't you use a real Marshall, brother? All you need is a Marshall and a Gibson. That's all Eric Clapton needed when he invented the blues. You know, That's like some right. dumb shit like that. Plug straight into the amp. No, no pedals. Yeah, me and Alec hang out on some anti-boomer <laughs> forums, <laughs> particularly related to guitar boomer. gear. But um, yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, I think people need to shut the fuck up because I think. You know, especially when you're playing more of like poppy metalcore kind of post-hardcore kind of shit, there's a huge production value involved with so much of this, especially like big festival bands, man. Like you're fucking high if you think you've ever seen Behemoth or Meshuggah and there hasn't been a computer somewhere in that live rig. Oh, absolutely. Like you need to, people need to get fucking real about this. I get so, my panties getting a huge twist about this, man. Because <laughs> you know what it is too? It's like, it's just classic just fucking musician purist kind of stuff where it's like oh you got to play true authentically and everyone always likes to talk about the authentic musical experience but that doesn't exist i mean there's a line i think yeah dude if you listen to bluegrass (laughs) that's pretty authentic like that's pretty exposed music if you think about it like it's just chamber music like i just mean it depends on what the music requires like I, I don't care for falling in reverse, so I sure, yeah. I just kind of chuckle at it, right? But I also know that an artist that, who I really respect, like Devin Townsend, if the same thing happened to him, then he would also have to bail. Do you think Devin Townsend is authentic? No, 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 no. I'm saying that like no, no. I was joking. That <laughs> the correct answer was yeah, of course he is. He's just he's just doing his thing. Like uh, I, I mean, in the as real as it gets. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> when you're saying authentic, I was still thinking in the context of like, oh, less ball straight into oh. a marshal. Like play like a man. Like I meant like that kind of authentic. Oh right, like right, the, right, right. Yeah. Sorry, I, I got mixed up. Yeah. No, it's but, all no, good. I, <laughs> I just mean like that's that's an artist who I like, who I would think like, yeah, if that happened to him, I would totally get that. But I mean, if the same, if I heard like ACDC say that, that would be like, whoa, what? <laughs> yeah. It depends who it's coming from too. But I think people just like to take cheap shots at like, quite frankly, what's just relevant oh, the music. Kids these days with their computers and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. It kind of comes into that a little bit where it's like kids don't know how to make music like they used to. And it gets into that. There was shit. a time when I would have said that. Oh yeah. Me too. And I'm, I'm really glad I grew out of it, but. Yeah. You know, you know what popped my cherry about that stuff so many years ago was um, when I was a teenager, was I was super into um, Fallujah, super into Fallujah, and like that band oh, yeah. is like a laptop ass death metal band. Like I remember when oh, I first saw time. them live, you could just literally see the Pro Tool session just open facing the crowd because that's just like what it is, man. It's like like that stuff triggers like everything. It triggers all the, especially if you're playing like stuff like Fallujah, they change guitar tones like, you know, a dozen times and like, man, doing the pedal board dance. That's why I switched to a digital rig, man. And um, Alec oh, jokes yeah, about absolutely. this because I, I use a digital rig plugged into a face of an amp and he's like, ah, oh, 
you fucking kids. <laughs> but you know what, man? I press a button and all my shit changes. It's awesome. Oh, I totally get the appeal. And anytime I've tried stuff like that, I just kind of, you know, that scene in Zoolander when, um, <laughs> okay, you know exactly what I mean. You know the scene in Zoolander when Ben yeah. Stiller and Owen Wilson are just like beating the computer. <laughs> like, right. It kind of, it kind of made me feel like that. Like, it's great if I can sit down with everything and fuck around with it, but when shit goes wrong in the middle of a jam or in the middle of a show or something like that, oh, you're I just fucked. find that's way harder to deal with. You know, I have stories so, about my analog gear fucking up in the middle of a gig. I didn't know what to do. I remember one time I was playing a metal gig, dude, and what what happened? It was like um, on my old rig. It was pretty straightforward. It was like, um, you know... Actually, I don't want to get into it because it's, I don't want to like bore our audience with guitar you know, shit. Into a gear, gear yeah, that's not what this is. Uh, we're talking about I the ethics of music. Day, but... We're not doing that. Not here, at least. I know, I know. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah, dude, I remember uh, one of my knobs got turned because my patch cord just like knocked it, and I just didn't know what to do because like you know when you're looking down at your feet while you're trying to play riffs, you're like, fuck my life. Like, what is this like waking nightmare that I'm experiencing right now? And so, I mean, it, it can happen with analog gear. With digital gear, it's, like, you're straight fucked, though. Like, you, like, you're right. Like, if someone were to throw a bottle of Heineken at my um, at yeah. my Pro Tools <laughs> session, then, like, yo, dude, like, you're, you're done. Like, the set's over. Like, go home. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, worst case scenario, you can always just unplug from the pedal board, go straight in the amp. I mean, depending on your setup, like, how you rely, how much you rely on your pedals. And you know what? to do what we said we could do. <laughs> yeah, but that's even more complicated too because even if you're a band that's as simple as clean channel dirty channel you're still fucked because you're not changing that tone like if you're plugging like for example if you're a system of a down like they only have like maybe four different guitar tones but i mean yeah. that's instrumental to what they play right like imagine playing toxicity without the back and forth between the clean and the dirty it would sound like shit the, you would hate it at the same <laughs> At the same time, though, when you're that big, you've got a tech who can do like is paid yeah. to deal with that shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think there's another thing too that I've I've thought about this for years, man. Like just about the ethics of production and stuff like that. You know, I hear a lot where people will say, "Oh, like the way you produce music is inauthentic," because like you know, people talk this a lot about this in the context of vocalists, right? Because I know I know you do like a bit of vocal mixing and stuff like that, yeah. and like you know, people think that every like quote-unquote metal record they listen to is authentic and it, it's fucking not dude like every so often oh dude the amount of compression on those vocals the amount of reverb like do you really think like chris barnes sounds like that no he, he was cupping the microphone like they probably i oh, bet no. scott burns just turned the compression up and it like it gets that like this kind of sound you know what i mean and then he's growling well that's yeah i mean my my way of looking at it is that cupping the mic has always just been a cheaper way of trying to simulate like a a preamp and a compressor or like oh like some saturation and compression but i mean if you're talking about metal at least modern metal you don't even have to look as far as like the reverb and compression on the vocals just look yeah. at the fucking drums 90 percent of the time they're <laughs> samples like depends on the style of music obviously like for some shit it just works right but yeah like, i i would wager a bet that 90 percent of like even records that are considered like good ass 
like true ass fucking records production man that's a thing like dude you gotta listen like especially if you listen to like i know and justice for all that's a really good drum sound man <laughs> like that's yeah, a really bad. good drum <laughs> sound like what's that yeah it's too bad there's no fucking bass yeah i know i know but man the drums sound really good and you better believe that's not the drums a drums do sound really good it's yeah. an, it's not an authentic representation of what music sounds like. You listen to Countdown for Extinction, like 1992. That album sounds like glass. It's fucking beautiful. Say what you will about Megadeth's yeah. 90s output, but man, their production was on fleek back then, dude. I think those 90s Megadeth records are like, <laughs> like honestly, like the gold standard. You know what? I know it's corny, but I kind of love Countdown to Extinction. The whole album? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I think it's fucking awesome, dude. Even- even like the what do you or not that's not even that's that fucking route record i mean the hello me meet the real me i love yeah. that shit it's hilarious you know i actually skip over sweating bullets whenever i listen to the album only because it's like a little overplayed but i mean yeah sweating bullets is fucking brilliant it's an amazing hook like <laughs> oh yeah that like i love the kind of swingy bit like in the chorus yeah i know it's i I, I realize it's the Black Album for Megadeth, but I still kind of fucking love it. Oh, well, yeah, the Black Album's a good album, too, I would say. I don't know if I... Like, I think it's a fair comparison between those two, not because I think they sound similar, but they're definitely, like, a similar mission statement, I think. They're quote-unquote sellout records. Mm-hmm. But it turns out selling out is uh, can produce some really good shit, man. Some really good shit. I oh, think, yeah. like, you know, like, are there any really truly good metal sellout records besides those two we listed because i think if we were like to name drop a couple we could probably hit on some good hot takes here yeah um i got a hot take for you let's hear it someone once told me that the bleeding by cannibal corpse was their sellout record (laughs) yeah isn't that isn't that fucking stupid like (laughs) Can you believe someone said like, that to that me? One? Well, their logic was basically that, like, well, the riffs are far simpler, it's far more mid-paced, and it's way more, like, hooky. But the hooks are, like, fucked up a knife. What's the other song? Like, some um, str- Raped and Strangled? Even, yeah, like, even Hammer Smash Face is catchy as fuck, I think. <laughs> but it's way more gritty. Um... Oh, they, absolutely. But like that uh, two yeah. of the mutilated between the bleeding, those two production styles to me are like night and day. Like Tim the Mutilated is a good sounding album though. It's not like a slouch like job or anything. Like I think this will be me and Aaron talked about um Chris Barnes era Cannibal Corpse and like it's just amazing like how fucking bad that like <laughs> Butcher at Birth sounds so terrible. Like I Oh, it sounds awful. I used to love that album when I was a teenager, dude, and I went back to it for the podcast, and I was like, this is so boring. Like, Eden Back to Life and um, Tomb of the Mutilator just infinitely better. Well, doesn't it just sound like it was recorded in a fucking trash can? Like, I haven't listened to it in a long time, but... It kind of sounds like a buzzsaw, like a perpetual buzzsaw, because everything is really sharp and attacky. Yeah. I mean, like, people didn't really know how to produce death metal right like nobody knew what the fuck they were doing so people say they like that sound i call bullshit on that man so um when people start like now it's almost like cute to go back and reference that production style but like it's 
it's weird. It's like the secondhand kind of thing, or it's like you have actual OG death metal productions. You listen to like the first Demolic album, or I don't know, like fucking like a death album, like a Scott Burns thing, right? That yeah. has a very specific sound. And then 30 years later, a bunch of dudes like our age were like, okay, okay, like we're going to redo that, but they're not using the same technology. Sure, they have like microphones in front of the amps, but I mean, like, they're basically using studio wizardry to sound like dick on purpose. I know. But then it <laughs> but then it emulates that sound. Like like Skeletal Remains is a throwback band, but I mean like I think their production sounds good. Like <laughs> Tour Honestly, Stab Wound think... sounds good, like, you know, but I think it's one of those things that just I mean, even like guitar distortion, technically that started as like, oh, that sounds like shit. And then someone just said, oh, yeah, no, let's use that. And then it became, like, when was the last time you gave a shit about clean guitar? Yeah. That's, like, that's some Polyphia Zoomer stuff, man. Like, But, I mean, just it became, like, a standard, like, something that sounded like shit. It's the same thing with the HM2. But at the same time, I think that, like, you can harness the good aspects and kind of learn from the mistakes i feel like that's a better way to look at that sort of thing you know i bet um when they discovered that like chainsaw sound so for those who don't know the hm2 is the sound that's like very um swedish death metal of the 90s very dismembered kind of sound and stuff like that but i bet like when they discovered that tone like when they were recording like at the gates and stuff the guy probably thought like man this is like fucking so heavy like he probably didn't think it sounded like shit he probably thought like dude this is fucking brilliant this sounds great. I love it. And um, well, you know, like, I, I people... just mean, like, in the context of the time, that's not something that traditionally an engineer would like speak. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just kind of. It, it seems like it was discovered by accident, and then. But yeah, like I mean, now that's like a standard sound on a lot of newer metal records. Like, uh, I remember when HM2 core became a thing. Yeah. I love that shit. Genre bass oh, it's great. For those who don't know, it's, it's basically a bunch of hardcore punk bands that just rip off that specific tone, and that's just the gimmick. <laughs> it's really yeah, good. It, it works really well. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, I think that shit's really funny. Um, but you know what's funny is, like, I think it goes back to the idea of uh, authenticity, right? Like, everyone says, yeah. you know, I want my bands to record their authentic self. I want to hear raw sound, but I promise you, you probably don't want that. You really don't, like... A really freaky example of being recorded live off the floor. I got an old one and a new or somewhat contemporary example of like live off the floor and how rare it is. Actually, I got three examples for you. Ever listened to Focus by Cynic? Uh, No, I haven't listened to that one. Okay, so check it out at some point. Um, I'm aware of Cynic. Like I know they're super technical and super... uh, Super proggy, like really ahead of its time for like early 90s, like death prog shit but not the point but anyways they recorded that stuff to to um to tape like live off the floor and it's fucking insane it's like it's really really stupid good but um even the drummer sean reinhardt it's like yeah like there's ebb and flow in the time if you were to like map it out like it's not even like we like just played the tape and that's just what we got but they were just such good players they made it like happen I promise oh, really you. Like I know how technical they are. I've I've heard their music and I know how challenging it is. Yeah, I'm but just, just imagine that. Just imagine that recorded to tape. But imagine like having that standard for everyone else though. That's the thing, right? It's like, like 
no one plays as well as like Sean Reinhardt and Sean, I can't pronounce his last name, Ms. Devol or whatever. Um, <laughs> another example okay, is the cleansing by Suicide Silence. That was recorded totally off the floor. Oh, really? Yeah, the album sounds so good for what it is. Like, I'm not an OG deathcore guy. I'm more of a new school deathcore kind of guy. But, like, man, that album, I I appreciate it infinitely more knowing that, like, they just did it live off the floor because it sounds really, 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 really tight. I think it's a yeah, great underdog story because everyone thought they sucked when they came out, like, on the local scene in their area. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I mean, I just remember when, like, everybody was freaking out about Suicide Silence. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, but I, don't I know also how. live in rural southern Ontario, so <laughs> I'm not no. going to be getting, like, the hot news from fucking L.A. or whatever. But, you know, I made it out there because a lot of uh, a lot of rednecks like, <laughs> like <laughs> Suicide Silence for some reason. But, like, you did, that's a heavy album, too. Like, I'm surprised that band got so fucking huge. Because, man, that album is not pleasant, dude. It's fucking hard. It's, like, really, really yeah. heavy and aggressive and dark. And, like, like, there's some cheesy moments because it's, you know, deathcore of that era. But, I mean, like... It, it's also a bunch of teenagers, right? Yeah. They're all probably, like, slamming Jack Daniels and fucking riding dirt bikes, like, that afternoon, you know? Oh, yeah. They were drinking Monster and smoking dabs before they recorded yeah. this thing. They're <laughs> high as fuck. Those two guys, the two guitar players, they smoke so much weed back. You can just tell when you look at like videos of them. There's cheached. <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they record that live off the floor. And again, I promise you, you don't want everyone else to do that. I I promise you. Like, dude, imagine if we recorded live off the floor. I've I've been in bands where I would have been comfortable doing that, but only after years of playing together. Yeah. Like not only not just not even necessarily just great musicians, but just like, you know, your songs you've played with, you've been stuck in that sweaty room for like fucking six hours, just jamming away on shit like that, that I would, that I think you could pull off, but it also depends. Again, that's another thing that depends on the style of music, right? Like you're saying about the, like the computers and such with the falling in reverse. Like there are some bands where that totally works for them and some bands that just don't need it. I think it just depends on how complex your setup and like what style of music you're playing. And even if you want to go through that much time, honestly, and here's the thing too, is people yeah. don't realize if you're not a musician, how unreliable musicians are. You oh wouldn't God, want, yeah. dude, I promise the audience, if you're not a musician, you know how hard it is to get two adults to agree on a non live off the floor recording session impossible <laughs> it's impossible dude you will you will quit and get a day job pretty quickly so if you think dude. for a second you can get them in the same room and then expect them to be prepared you're fucking high <laughs> you just have no experience in the field like, that's it that scenario i was talking about definitely the exception not the rule when it happens it's fucking sweet but it is the exception it's a uh, marvelous machine where it's like if you think about any of those albums I just name dropped, it's because everyone was just so on the ball with their own selves. And that's just so oh, yeah. rare. Do you know how many schlubs are professional musicians? I don't mean schlubs as in they're bad, but I mean like people who just like I don't know, half assed their way into success. It happens all the time, man. Like, you know how many fucking 
terrible like actors there are that still get work or like you know like any any oh, God, field of work that. you know how many schlubs have a podcast in their parents basement like holy <laughs> crap dude like anyone can do it like but um oh, speaking of which i think this is a great time to uh tell all of your listeners about hello fresh oh yeah yeah um, we're sponsored by hello fresh that's right yeah uh, they can deliver me undies right to your door, already yeah. pre-soaked with uh, last night's tacos. Yeah. Um, they also come with Harry's okay. razors, you know, packaged in there. But they're loose razors, so, like, don't cut yourself when you open the box. But if you do, you won't be so bad because they're soaked in brain force. Yeah, you don't want that. But your hands will smell like really good beard oil when you cut your hands on these Harry's razors. Use um, checkout code... DDD um four twenty sixty nine nine eleven. That is D D D Hotmail dot com. Four twenty sixty nine nine eleven. Hotmail com for a discount code of point one percent. Fuck off. <laughs> Please give us money. We do actually have a Patreon, which no one cares about. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't I don't care. Hey, what do you expect? <laughs> I think one of the one of the greatest live events I ever saw. Yeah. Just now you mentioned the Patreon was when my high school thrash band played <laughs> at Oh my god. The Catacombs? Oh in um Montreal. No, it wasn't fuck. No, it wasn't Hamilton. It oh. was Yeah, sorry, there there's actually like a, a a nightclub in Montreal called the Catacombs and they do like a lot of punk and hardcore and like metal shows and they they're still around so I wasn't sure. But, yeah, I've, yeah, I've heard it's a great venue. I I might be having the wrong name, but it's a, it's underneath that fucking cowboy bar downtown. Hamilton. Underground. Yes, the underground. They don't no longer exist. They're done, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I know. I I knew it was closed, but yeah, either way. Um yeah. my shitty high school thrash band Weapons of Mass Destruction played there. Pretty great name, eh? I was going to say that. That's actually like really good for a high school band name. It, yeah, it was one of those names that was just, I mean, it was during the second Iraq war. <laughs> like it had, it was during the Bush or the, the Bush junior years. Right. So yeah. it was, it was relevant. You we weren't political at all, but yeah. Anyways. So we played at, uh, what did you call it? The underground. Yeah. Yeah. We played at the underground and there was this band that played with us called Plague of Hail. Mm-hmm. And they were scene kid, like swoopy haircut. Um, yeah. So probably like kind of cutter metalcore. Yeah. Yeah. Chuggy, chuggy metalcore kind of stuff. Yeah. And I'm sure there's lots of great stuff for that, but that's just this, the thing they had. And it was funny because they had, they had a song where they went, okay, this is our two step song. If anyone wants a two step, <laughs> which is lame as fuck. And nobody two steps. And nobody, then they were like, this no. is our throwdown song if anyone wants to throw down. And then nobody threw down. And then they maybe played one or two more songs. And then he said, we have a MySpace if anyone cares and dropped the mic. <laughs> Do you, you know, actually, the worst part was <laughs> is that comedy comes in threes. So he could have just said that once more. Like, he could have made that joke the third time. would have been fucking hilarious. The room probably would have died. Like, if he had just said, this is the Circle Pit song, someone would have been like, bah! <laughs> it would have fucking worked, I'm telling you, man. So I'm sorry if I'm the guys from Plague Vale or whatever the fuck your name is, is listening. 
I mean, I'm embarrassed about my band that played then. I only hope they would have the and you know have the common sense to also be ashamed. <laughs> How old were you? You say you were a high school band, so you're probably like 18, give or take. It was towards the end of that band, so I think I was 19. I was also the old guy, so I bought smokes and beer for the other guys. I mean, no, I didn't, <laughs> officer. Well, I mean, I think it's probably a, uh, what's the word for it, statute of limitations on buying minors alcohol and cigarettes. <laughs> I think it's like a band clause. I'm pretty sure if you look at, like, the law, it's like, well, like, if you do it to your band members, it's it's less fucked up. It's more of, like, a stern talking to you. Like, we're going to confiscate your shit and say, don't I mean, do it I again. I was 19 and they were 18, so it's like, when it's... people say to a minor, I'm just, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's pretty cool, I think. I think what you did was pretty great. Yeah, definitely uh upstanding citizen right here. So, but you know the thing that you guys did, though, and so did they, is that you guys played authentically. I'm assuming there was no laptops, because this is like pre- like, laptops back then, that was, I don't want to say it was a gimmick, but man, like, most people couldn't afford that shit, because, dude, in your monitors, for those who don't know, very expensive. If you have a, yes. a legitimate, so, like, when Rodney Radke is talking about his stolen laptops, dude, that's, like, the equivalent of, if you're a band of, like, two guitars, a bass, Mesa half stacks, heads got stolen, that's that dude because that software ain't fucking cheap that like oh absolutely not. that program to program your light show and to run all of your amplifiers and in your monitors dude that's like a lot I mean, of money I'd be, less con- I'd be less concerned about the software than like the hardware and all the presets i mean this the software Cause... yeah you have like codes and stuff but unless yeah, you're like, like... I'm sure you'd have a license to it and you could just put it on a new computer but that's still a fuck ton of work. S- some companies are fucky with that though you know how that goes oh, like, really? some, yeah some companies will do that thing where oh, it's yeah, like I guess so. yeah it's only licensed to one computer at a time so even if they were to redeem and you know reuse their code it's not easy it's not like you just buy a new laptop and you plug and play in your fucking disco baby that's like a job yeah, when I switched com- or when I switched computers to my new laptop, I was I shouldn't say new. Either way, uh, when I switched to my laptop, I had a lot of problems with uh, the Waves plugins. It's like all of a sudden there's all these sweet plugins yeah. that I paid. Well, you know how Waves gets you. It's like have thirty plugins for eight dollars Black Friday, but then you switch to a new computer and you have to pay full price to renew all of them. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Hey, when they fucking do that shit, man. But you know, yeah. um. You know what's a band that actually did do another album live off the floor? Meshuggah. Oh, yeah, that's right. But that was late era Meshuggah, so they were like pros. I remember, was that around the same time they switched back to using tube amps? I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> Probably. It all sounded fucking insane to me. It would, it would, dude, it would follow to me. suit, right? Like... I hate it. Dude, I'm, I'm going to be in. It did sound the same because, which says a lot about a lot of things. First of all, it says Meshuggah is so tight that it is, they don't need to track things traditionally. They can just do live off the floor, whatever. Fuck it. It's fine. fucking impressive. Yeah. It's, it's beyond impressive. That's like, those guys should be diplomats <laughs> for like some <laughs> embassy in a third world war torn country. They're obviously they can, just the coolest headed fucking people. Dude, I was going to say, the they would have to be like so good to each other like legitimately oh, yeah. i'm i'm more amazed at their personal relationship that they were able to say hey guys this is the project everyone's like yeah oh, that's cool that's good and then they, then they show up and do it like 
And then my samples sounds... are on every record. Like... <laughs> yeah, we use tube amps this time. No nil <laughs> DSP. <laughs> it's like so that's amazing. And then it sounds just like any of their other produced albums, which also says that like you know for production stuff, it doesn't matter if you have a fucking tube amp. Like, dude, straight up, dude. Nah, man. Like. You and I talk about this because our jam space is upstairs. <laughs> yeah. We don't like lugging gear, man. <laughs> and straight up, if I was playing arenas and fucking, if I was playing that shit, dude, I'm not fucking carrying that shit. Fuck you. I'm bringing, <laughs> I'm bringing a MacBook Pro. I'm plugging it in my Scarlet, and I'm going to rock. And no one's yeah, going to care. Again, but again, if you're playing stadiums, you've got fucking roadies. Yeah, but dude, that's even better because now I can get my roadies to configure my Waves plugins. Don't get me wrong, it's really nice when a roadie was... If I ever had a roadie, like, I would... I've never had a roadie, just... I don't think anyone's wondering that, by the way, but I've never played a real gig where I had a roadie, so, like... I've had, I, I've had friends, ca- like, carry stuff in, so they got in the show for free. That's cool. I, I, I support, <laughs> like, that level of theft. Um, so, you know, it's like... I would be so humbled if someone just to put my pedal board in front of me and say, like, yeah, I checked your cables. You're all good. Your guitar is in tune. I set it up. I'd be like, oh, man, like, oh, let me buy you a drink or whatever. I'd be, like, so flattered. But then if some guy is like, yeah, time. man, I uh, got your laptop ready. Your in-ear monitors are good. Levels are sick. I'd be like, oh, my God, you're a fucking saint. <laughs> <laughs> Which reminds me, uh, tell me about some terrible bands you've seen live. I want to get some hot takes on this episode while I got you here because you and I have some funny conversations. Yeah. Tell me some just this one, terrible shows you've seen. This one hurt me. This one hurt me a lot because I actually love this band. Yeah. Jethro Tull. They sucked live? Really? They were awful. Or yeah, spe- specifically, specifically, Ian Anderson was awful. Who's Ian Anderson? Because I'm actually not a Jethro Tull guy. I never liked that shit. I uh, thought they were stupid medieval like cosplay music. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I, that's exactly why i love them though <laughs> yeah fair enough um, yeah so who, who's ian what, what does he play he's in the, band? the he, he's the singer he's basically the the, the singer and the flautist <laughs> i was gonna say is it flutist right. flautist flightist dude you didn't know that jethro tall is known for the fucking no i knew about that part i just mean like oh, yeah, the yeah. word to describe a flute player <laughs> That's why I laughed before I said it. But yeah, anyways, um, he's like, he's the Dave Mustaine of Jethro Tull, right? Like he's the guy. All the other, like there's, there's been musicians who were in the band for a long time, but for the most part, it's just a rotating cast. So of course, like this late in the career, it's just him and a bunch of fucking randos. Yeah. Like they get, they had... I know a lot of bands, like a lot of newer bands don't do this anymore, but they like, everyone else walked off the stage and the guitar player did a big fucking long solo. And it was just the most, like, Zach Wild with less soul. And if you know my opinion of Zach Wild, that's really funny. Um, I do, but no one else does, so you should say it. <laughs> Just the most rudimentary white guy blues fucking licks, yeah, man. Ever, Which, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> nothing against nothing against white guy blues. A lot of my favorite bands fit that bill, but there's a point where it's just, dude, just go back to playing sessions. Just nobody cares. 
But uh, yeah, the the thing that really killed me about that show was that I was hearing all these songs that I love, but he would start with the vocals on time. And then just the longer he sang, the more behind he got. And he would never, you know, like if you're playing and you fuck up, if you, if you know your shit, you're going to get back like on the right beat. Yeah. You're going to like stop playing and then start playing on the right beat. He just kept dragging. So like his, his vocals just get further and further and further behind the rest of the music. And by the end of the verse or the chorus, it's just a fucking mess. And I just felt sad. Like I wasn't yeah. even pissed off. I was just sad. And then there he'd play these songs like, I don't know, if anyone listening here likes Jethro Tull, all two and a half of you, um, when they played Heavy Horses, like half of the song, they had a big um, projector screen behind them. And like an actor would come out in period garb and <laughs> sing like the verse while Ian Anderson just sort of danced around. I was just like, this is such a fucking cash grab. Like, Aww. you know, you suck tonight. You know, you have to know you suck. You used to be good. You must know you suck. Why do you suck? Yeah, that's actually disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> on, for a multitude of reasons. So again, like I'm not a Jeff Tall guy. However, I am a 70s rock guy. 70s prog rock musicians, very good players, like unanimously, right? Like, like, dude, I don't even yeah. like fucking uh, what's that fucking shitty band? Um, Emerson Lake and Palmer. I hate them, uh, but man, those guys can play. Yeah, those guys for can me, fucking play, man. Like, <laughs> for me, Emerson Lake and Palmer is like too much jethro tall <laughs> yeah it's jethro T- it's it's actually surprisingly more grating than jethro tall it's, be- it's jethro tall squared because at least yeah. like even with jethro tall if you're not feeling the ren fair shit um <laughs> at least they're like aqualung has some fucking killer guitar riffs in it yeah sure like sure. that that album's yeah. got some fucking killer riffs in it like yeah but Emerson Lake and Palmer just kind of goes that extra step too far where even I'm like, okay, you know what? You know, it sounds like they, <laughs> they were just trying to be the doors on acid and I hate the doors. Dude, that's like my controversial, like classic rock take fucking hate the doors, man. I joke about hating the Beatles. I don't really hate the Beatles. That's like a joke. I just say like "fuck the Beatles" yeah. as almost like to take the piss. Like obviously, it's I, a funny, edgy comment. Yeah. I I like the actually the pop era of the Beatles. That's my take. Whatever, not the point. Um, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer sounds like the Doors, and the Doors to me sounds like CS CIA fucking circus music. I hate it, dude. I remember. Um, oh, just gonna. I need. I need to look this up. What is the name of the last album? It was like, oh, oh god. By the doors? Yeah, it was like something about the circus or like. Oh, I don't even remember. Oh, to be honest, I don't fuck. know like albums of the Doors. I just know. Oh, hey, Piggy. I don't know albums of the Doors. I just know like the hits. I'm, I'm the same way with Bob Dylan. Like, I'm about to pull this up for you because this is gonna piss me off. Oh yeah, whatever. Not it wasn't about that. It was uh, it's called the soft. It's called the Soft Parade. I used to work at a record store, and some guy was just like, "Hey, you like the Doors?" I was like, "Honestly, man, like, no, not really." And he was like, just like vinyl shopping or whatever. And he was like, "You know, like, yeah. I'm, 
I told him, like, you know, like, at the time I was really into, like, jazz fusion and, like, rock fusion. So I was, like, really into, like, the Aristocrats and Greg Howe and, like, fucking Alan Holdsworth and all that nerd shit. And the guy was just like, oh, if you like jazz fusion, you might, like, really dig on Soft Parade or some, like, weird stuff on there that's kind of, like, I don't know, reminiscent of that sound. So I was like, oh, okay, whatever, sure. So I actually, like, t- <laughs> so I fucking, <laughs> so I go home. Oh, Listen to Soft Prey, and I was like, this sucks harder than the rest of the Doors discography, because <laughs> apparently this album's like a black sheep of this discography. Like, apparently people, even Doors fans, are like, fuck this fucking album. This guy misled me. There was not a single lick of jazz fusion on here. It is just, like, it literally sounds like fucking... It, it's like, like it, when your friend says, oh, you like metal, eh? You ever heard of this, uh, you ever heard of Stained? Like, it's like that kind of thing. I would say it's more so like, oh, dude, you like the heavy shit? You like that thrash stuff? You should check out Angel Witch. And you're like, what the fuck's an Angel Witch? And then you go back and you're like, it's not heavy at all. No, they're <laughs> so corny. You know, I, They've influenced so many of my favorite bands, but they're so corny. That's another hot take I got for you, man. I'm not into old school heavy metal at all. Yeah, you broke my heart a little when you said you didn't like Iron Maiden. Yeah, I don't like I Iron Maiden, guys. And I need to clarify it because now it's uttered on the internet. I try not to talk about Iron Maiden on the internet for obvious reasons. Oh, my bad. My bad. No, it's all good. I should have I should have said that before the podcast. But now that we're here, I have to recover. Is my due okay. diligence as a guerrilla journalist. <laughs> Let me tell you. The thing about Iron Maiden is obviously they're good. Like, I'm not, like, that much of an asshole where I'm going to tell you Iron Man it sucks. That's not true. I can't back it up. I love Power Slave. I think it's a fucking awesome album. Number of the Beasts well, is a great album. Yeah. Peace of Mind. Fucking great. Also amazing. Yep. Great. But here's the issue of Iron Maiden is that their batting average fucking sucks. <laughs> like, I don't like the first when two Iron... When you've been around that long though you're gonna put out some poop no 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 i gotta get this off my chest all right all right all right right, go ahead go ahead first two albums iron maiden and i don't know what's that something murder at the city morgue or no what's it called killers oh yeah (laughs) couldn't care less i never liked those albums i was like damn this sucks so then remember the beast i listened to that and i was like oh this is fucking awesome then you get up to fear of the dark fear of the dark and that's when it great just like song, not a great album not a great album and i always thought that was a hot take because when i was a teenager i was like oh that's okay whatever and as an adult i went back to it i was like oh dude this is boring as piss i like even some of the weirder shit i like um like somewhere seventh in sun and shit like that i actually do like seventh sun i actually do like summer in time i think summer oh, yeah. in time in spite of the the kind of not great synth stuffs yeah, I still like those two records in I've spite of. I've grown to appreciate synth. I used to hate it, but I don't know if I if I just got older and I developed a. Gear I don't like it. the way they did it. To me, it's just bad production choice. Just unnecessary layers of texture. It, I don't know. Just, it's super. Just like let's try something new, whether it works or not. That kind it, of. Thing. To me, it just sticks out too much. It should have just been way in the yeah. back. It should have been a gentle pad. I don't know. Not the point. So I still like those albums. Everyone was excited about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were playing off their new toys. I get it. So that's fine. Then the 90s came around, and then Iron Maiden just took the biggest nosedive. Like, dude, that Zeppelin fucking crashed. That was like the Hindenburg of music, (laughs) man. It's like virtual Oh, you mean the Blaze Bailey shit? Yeah, fuck that. Oh, that was awful. It was awful. Fuck that. Like, X Factor and fucking virtual XI. Like, (laughs) fuck that. I think most... I think even most diehard Iron Maiden fans will fucking agree with you. No, there's apologists. I promise you, man. 
there are apologists they walk among us they like they go to the post office like (laughs) they look just like you and me but let me tell you they are destroying our country they are destroying our country and everyone else's country too um i'm sure there's some guy in brazil who just loves that album but like anyway so that sucks and then they came back yeah you're both narrow yeah (laughs) and so what they come back with um uh, not Dance oh. of Death, the other one that has like fucking uh, uh, Brave New World. Thank you, Brave New World's okay. It's it's whatever. I I, I don't hate it. Jams. I don't love it. People, There's some people some really There's fucking love that album. I think they're being apologists. I think it's got it's got moments. Like it's got like two or three bangers, and then a lot of filler. I will it's agree. Iron main filler, so I'll deal with it. I'll agree that their bangers are always bangers. That's like fair enough. I always give them that. Even Dance of Death had songs I thought were pretty sick. Not even the point. Yep. But this issue is they keep on doing this for years and years and years. And no one just noticed that, like, Iron Maiden, since the year 2000, has just been dropping the most lukewarm fucking, like, cottage oh, yeah. cheese, like, fucking, like, heavy metal records. And then they had the audacity. The audacity, Alec, and I hate the everlasting influence of these albums they all of a sudden thought they were like a super serious like war metal band and they started like oh god a matter of life and death when it's just like so serious so melodramatic singing about soldiers and every song is 10 minutes long and it's just so bad and i just cannot do it (laughs) and it was kind of disappointing and then the icing on the cake is they just kept on fucking doing it. And then they did, like, Book of Souls and did that other shitty album. And I was just, like – and I felt like I was getting gaslit by the entire world. Everyone's like, no, man. The new Iron Maiden, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And, like, this, like, ship is already on fire, man. People are jumping out. Like, women and children are fucking screaming. And everyone's like, no, it's all good. It's all good. They have three guitar players now. And I'm like, what's happening? And then they just kept on doing it. And then – Last year, they released that one fucking album. Like, what is it? Like, Jin Jitsu? Like, Shogun or something like that. Yeah, and I was like, and I was just like, and I saw people being like, oh, it's okay. And I was like, no. 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 Fuck this band. I'm over it. I never want to think about Iron Maiden ever again. I never want to hear Iron Maiden ever again. The batting average is too bad. I cannot do this. We cannot have a discography of, like, seven great albums and then 25 just fucking stinkers we can't do this guys like i mean i i'm just at a point where i expect that from a band that's been around that long like when i say i'm an iron maiden fan i love iron maiden i'm like okay first i don't know five or six records like i even i even love the shit with paul diano like the first two records i love it because it's just like iron maiden but more punk um right but then, like, I'm not – I mean, the, the albums after that, like, yeah, they've got their bangers here and there. But for the most part, it's just filler. And then I, I fully realized that the last couple albums have been meh. But that's because I don't listen to them. <laughs> yeah, if I just don't listen to them, that's big then they're still a great band. <laughs> like, I mean, the last, uh, the last time I saw them – was the Legacy of the Beast tour. So it was just like, hey, we're going to come out. We're going to play our bangers. And I mean, I would almost compare it to like, I love Star Trek, but I know that Enterprise is a big stinking fucking turd. <laughs> you know what it is, I though? Mean, yeah, you love ahead. Star Trek Next Generation. You love Star Trek Original Series. You love Deep Space Nine. It's like an important distinction where it's like, if people ask, hey, do you like Iron Maiden? I say, 
I like parts of Iron Last Maiden. Iron I don't Maiden. like the entirety of Iron Maiden. Like I have a, and you know what the worst part is. Speaking of which, you got lucky. You saw them on Legacy of the Beast. Man, I fucked up four times dope. in a row, and I saw them every fucking time they decided to play like their new album front to back. I saw them on that one tour where they opened up for Dream Theater twice, played all new songs. I saw them when Book of Souls was new. They played all that fucking shit. I hated it. <laughs> I was so okay, ripped off. You know what? And then they close if Ace is high. I understand that. And I was like, uh, <laughs> see when I last like yeah. when I saw them in Legacy of the Beast tour, they opened with Ace is high. And I'm not ashamed to admit this. I cried. I was so happy. I cried. Ace is <laughs> high is so good. First of all, it's, it's an amazing song. Like, banger. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. But and just for them to come out and open with it, I was just like, uh. uh uh, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but dude, that's um... because when I saw them on the what was that World War II record, Matter of Life and Death, or something like that. Well, that's old hat. You saw them long before I that... did. Oh, I saw them twice before that. But yeah, oh that one, um, that was fucking disappointing. But I saw them twice before that, and it was straight fucking amazing. But that's because that... they came out and they played the hits. Because they're an old fucking band and. Yeah. It's pretty rare for, like, who really gives a shit about ACDC's new album? Like, same kind of thing, right? Yes. Okay, like, that's... Bon Scott era, bon Scott era AC, ACDC bucks. Like, it's good. It's so really great hard. stuff, yeah. And even Back in Black is, like, decent. I love Back in... No, dude, Back in Black is God tier. I fucking adore okay. that record. I've... I've it, that one's been overplayed for me. That's fair, dude. That That is totally fair. Um... That's Beer's the whole thing th- about like overexposure, right? That's that's a subjective thing, I guess. Here's the problem with Iron Maiden, though. Like, here's the problem with other bands that you're right. The reason why no one gives a shit and same thing. Where did you know Deep Purple dropped a new album two years ago? Probably I not. Probably saw them on that tour. Yeah, you probably did. But here's the thing. Well, I saw Is them that... with Alice Cooper, but yeah, no, they. Yeah, sorry, go on. Go what on. I hate about this whole thing is that, like, they're doing the same fucking album time and time again. Literally, Iron Maiden is basically just a brave new world, but the songs are twice as long. That is it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they literally, the part that I like about Iron Maiden is when they get to the fucking point and play the hook. <laughs> and then new Iron Maiden's <laughs> like, okay, we spent a lot of time giving people songs they like. Now what we're going to do is take this exact same formula but show you that it's actually not that good. And that's why I hate them. But here's the thing. There are other bands that have been doing essentially the same shtick, but it works for some reason. Like I would be a I'll be a, a weird one and say New Testament albums actually pretty good. New yeah, Exodus held fuck up. Yeah, New Text New Testament I think might be some of their best stuff. Like they're pretty well, consistent. Fucking- what was that album? Demonic? Which one? I, I haven't listened, I haven't uh, caught up with them in a while. I was trying to check it out like when they come out and kind of forget about it, honestly. But Demonic, I think, was from like the late nineties. So a thrash band putting out a good fucking album in the late nineties. Like I think that I think right all there. of Testament's output's actually great. I I like their nineties shit, oh, yeah. man. That's I, that's what I mean. They they were like out of out of the big five, we'll say. They're yeah. the one that ones that kept putting out great fucking shit. Like, the album Demonic is just a bunch of old trash dudes playing death metal, and it fucking rules. Same with Low. Like, Low was a good album, too. And it's like, yeah, Low's fucking incredible. I like Testament, that shit a lot. Yeah. 
But even like I, mean, I remember. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say like Exodus puts out good albums. Like I'm not oh fuck yeah. jazzed about Exodus. I don't think they're greatest band ever. But like man, they they change it up and they keep it fresh. Iron Man doesn't do oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think what sets Testament and Exodus apart is that they had to struggle for a lot longer than the other thrash bands did. They did commercially, not artistically. That's what I mean. Yeah. I, I think that they didn't reach that comfort point. Maybe they just felt like they had to work harder at it or I don't know. I've not, I, maybe I'm just kind of going too hard into the sellout mentality. Maybe, but there's a thing specifically about Testament is Alex, I can't pronounce the name Shlonik or whatever, Shlonik, whatever. Cool. He, um, he has a jazz career, so he gets his weird shit yeah, out away <laughs> from Testament. <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah, like a, a guy. <laughs> he's a yeah, guy who's no, been I, in I like this. He's been in a marriage for forty years, but instead of yelling at his wife, he goes to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's basically how Testament operates, and that's why they don't suck. Because Alex Sholnick realized that oh, I, I can just do other things and not fuck up my legacy. And now oh, he has two separate legacies. What? Uh, legacy was like pre-Testament Testament. Oh, yeah, that's old your test. Oh, no, sorry. I mean, like, legacy as in... Uh, I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah. I thought, yeah. I forgot about Still that album. Me. That's a, that's an old, I that's a, a deep womp, cut. Womp. Yeah. <laughs> and even, like, I don't know, like, Dillinger Escape Plan, like, 30 years old, and I think their last album, Disassociation's pretty sweet. Oh, yeah, fucking Dillinger stayed consistent the whole way through. Yeah, Converge. I don't like Converge, but, man, those guys still shred. So being old's not even an excuse. You can just put out good shit and just not be an idiot. <laughs> I, I mean, just some people age better than others. I mean, yeah. like when I saw when I saw Deep Purple a few years ago, it was they played with um, Alice Cooper and Edgar Winter. How and, was that? Uh, Edgar Winter was amazing. Fucking I would imagine, yeah, yeah, like. His band was top notch. My only complaint was the mix. Um, but that's no fault of the band. They fucking killed it. Like they're amazing. And then yeah. um Alice Cooper was incredible. Like Nita Strauss hadn't quit yet. She was fucking oh, ripping cool. it. Alice Alice Cooper, I think, is one of the like classic guys that got it right. Like he sobered up and he got his shit together and yeah, his music wasn't as good as it was with its or his original band, but at least he's like still going out there and giving her. And like those two bands, seeing what Deep Purple was then after them was just sad. It wasn't as sad as Jethro Tull, but like the band was on point. But they started with Highway Star, <laughs> and I love that fucking song. Like who doesn't love that fucking song? But the singer comes out and he does that big fucking high pitched scream. And I'm just like, man, why didn't you warm up? Like what? Why didn't you save this for the last song after you've loosened your fucking vocal cords up a bit? It was, it was just like, I I, I don't want to do it over the microphone. I don't want to do that to your audience. <laughs> they should have uh, ran that through the PA. Yeah. <laughs> they should have got a sample of that scream. They should have had their laptop. They, they should have had a laptop, their, yeah. Their laptops were stolen. That was the fucking problem, Marcus. Yeah, he should have done it off stage. Like, dude, if I was the producer of this show, <laughs> it's not a Broadway show, but you know what I mean. I would have had like I a curtain, like a white 
curtain. So you, you see the silhouette of is it is it Ian Gillen? Is he still alive? Yes, that's yeah. So it would have been Ian Gillen behind this white curtain doing like one of these, and you would have heard the scream. (laughs) Curtain drops, and he's like, "Nobody's gonna get my car." And it would have been great, and no one would have cared. Nobody would have cared. I I definitely would have preferred that. Oh, we didn't even talk about the band that I thought sucked so hard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. (laughs) Because we went on a huge tirade about heavy metal. (laughs) So here's the band that I thought sucked so bad when i saw them live was massacre if you know them i don't actually i'm uh, i know i've i know i've heard the name i know i've seen the patches i know i've seen the t-shirts you but... sure have they're they're one of like the og florida bands they're like uh florida death oh, metal okay. bands in the 90s they have the one i even forget the name of the album because they're just so pissed i saw them it was like the death to all tour and they were the opening oh, acts okay. And dude, it was so fucking pathetic. I was like, "Wow!" Turns out, Massacre sucks, <laughs> and I was like, so turned off the entire time. I saw Mastodon on a bad night, and what I've noticed, uh, a yeah. lot of people have a lot of bad Mastodon live experiences. I saw them twice, actually. I saw them two weeks ago, opening out for um, Ghost, and I okay. actually thought it was pretty good. I thought it was like. I, I thought they played really well that night, but I saw them uh, <laughs> with Gojira opening up, and it just, you can't do that. Yeah, that. Where was that? Oh, it was um formerly, yeah, now the Rebel, but yeah, the Sound Academy at that time. Yeah, I was at that show. Um, Yeah, what a terrible idea. <laughs> You can't follow up 2011 era Gojira with Mastodon. It's just like it's just not the same, man. It's like it I'm a big Mastodon fan. Yeah, even I found Gojira blew them off the stage. It'd be like if you had Falling in Reverse headline and Dillinger Escape Plan was co-headlining. You'd be like, oh, tough break, man. It's not gonna like. Yeah, uh, it's not gonna be a smooth yeah. transition. That's kind of how I felt about that. The genres were just like I thought. The genres honestly were just like way too like out there like i like varied bills quite a bit like like for example i was really bummed out that i missed um cypress hill open up for slipknot i thought that was fucking awesome oh, idea. that would have been cool yeah i do not I... I think that would have been cool yeah i, I like them both enough for like that would have been so fun i, I like stuff like I'm, that and yesterday i'm a way bigger cypress fan than i am a slipknot fan <laughs> but yeah sorry go on yeah i mean fair enough um but uh i was gonna say um yesterday or yesterday, as of this recording, I should add, but I'm not sure when it's going to get posted, but fucking... October 5th. No, wrong. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, so uh, Wednesday, October 5th, um, Turnstile played, and the opening bands were JPEG Mafia and Snail Mail. I, I really regret not going to that one. I love that. You got... I feel so fucking old right now. I feel oh, so fucking right now. Let me let me. I put... know it's her... I know of Turnstile. I don't know the other ones, but they sound like SoundCloud rappers. Close. Um, JPEG Mafia is fringe hip hop. Like, okay. If you play JPEG Mafia at a party, this is also an on-running bit on the show. Is that I always gotcha. say, don't play this at a party. Do not play JPEG Mafia at a party unless your <laughs> friends are backpacker hip hop fans. No one's gonna like you. If okay. you, if yeah, dude, it's it's like it's not for the faint of heart. He has this one song called <laughs> "I Um I'm Horny I Just Killed a Cop," and it uses <laughs> it uses a sample 
from this one famous police training video where a, a guy shoots a cop and it's just the guy like on the ground like screaming and dying he uses that for a sample oh, awesome. and then he raps okay. over the album is called black ben carson like jpeg mafia <laughs> is pretty edgy like not for everybody and then snail mail <laughs> is like really like pretty indie pop like folky indie pop stuff she's a really good that... singer okay so i would have loved that I, that would have been my fucking shit but uh tickets sold out in like a singular minute so i just slept on it because i saw turnstile earlier in the year so i was like, like oh they... whatever like are they all i know turnstile is huge but like are they all big enough in their respective genres that it would just ended up being like sold out tickets no matter what Probably like JPEG Mafia plays pretty big shows. He actually played the Danforth uh, okay. two or three months ago, and that was, I'm pretty sure, a sold out show. Snail Mail got big. I actually almost saw them play at the Casbah in like 2018. Oh, damn. So they blew up um, in, in a couple years since then. And so for those who don't know, the Casbah is a really small venue in the town that I live in. Um, yeah, it's dude. High on fire and it was fucking sick that would have been sick dude is high on is fire high on good fire, live so good live that's and cool. that was uh i don't know if i call it an off night for them but that was right before matt pike went into rehab i actually don't know the history of this band do you want to tell me in the audience like what's up with that okay so basically um if anyone's familiar with stoner metal you obviously know sleep um Sleep is an awesome band famous for having uh, a record that's just one, like, it's at least an hour-long song, and that's just the record. Um, and that's what got them kicked off their record label, of course, <laughs> uh, which <laughs> is fucking rad, obviously. But, cool. uh, yeah, then he started, like, a f- faster band called High on Fire that's basically, like, it's like if you took the heaviest black sabbath song and the fastest motorhead song and then just fucking smash them together it rules it's loud it's dumb it's about like wizards and dragons and fucking uh demon horsemen it it's you're basically just listening to a frank frazetta painting google frank frazetta you'll probably hate it anyways so yeah, he was, like, super into cocaine, super into hard drugs and shit. Just, like, I think he was really into, like, uppers, basically, but also really into smoking weed because he was in sleep. Um, and they put out... Fuck. The name of the album is, like, De Vimp Mysterious, something like that. It's some weird, like, Latin shit. But they put out this great fucking record, and then they went on tour... And in the I I can't remember if it was at the end of the tour or in the middle of the tour. He just drops out and goes to fucking rehab. Mm. Cleans up. He's not drinking anymore. He's not doing blow anymore. I think he just smokes tons of weed. But uh, yeah, I saw the show that I saw the mat was like the one or two days before a reading that he had to go to rehab. And it was at the Casbah, super small venue. It was with Skeleton Witch and Priestess. So that would have been so incredible. sick. <laughs> oh, dude, it was amazing. Um, but what then year like, do you think that I, was? 
I was just out of high school. So I think it was like 2007, either 2007, 2008. Um, yeah, dude, I, uh, I have a long history with Skeleton Witch, oddly enough. I saw oh, them so play. Good. Yeah, dude, Skeleton Witch is rad. Um, I saw oh. them play many, many times around the year 2009-ish, 8-ish, 9-ish, when I first started going to bigger metal shows i think the first time i saw skeleton which i'm pretty sure they opened up for bodum and black nice. dahlia murder but that was like the Ooh, good eras yeah dude bodum is a band i have a complicated relationship with because they're discography for good reason yeah their discography is pretty whack honestly yeah i uh i like half of what they put out and the other half i'm like all right fuck this <laughs> i'm out i uh I guess I didn't dig that deep into them. I've got like that one album that I listened. Well, for a while I was listening to it a lot. Hate Breeder. Yeah. Which is like, I think one of their classics. Yeah. But then I think I've, what's the one after that? Like Follow the Reaper or something like that. I kind of dipped into that album. And then the more I heard them, the more I was just kind of like, you know what? I'll see them live, but it seems like I only really need to listen to these two albums. Yeah. The first. (laughs) It's just kind of like. Okay, it's more Castlevania music played on electric guitars. <laughs> That's actually something I was like thinking about, man. Because uh, the other day, because it's Halloween season, I was like, oh, I'm gonna learn some spooky guitar solos just because I was bored. Wait. I had nothing else to work on, and like, I started learning um, or relearning the guitar solo from Silent Night, Bodum Night, and I was like, this is literally just power metal. It is just Absolutely. power metal. I was like thinking about that, where it's like, man, like melodic death metal is a weird genre because like. I know we call them melodic death metal. I don't really know how apt of a description that is. Like, it is, I guess. But, I mean, I don't know. It's more in common with black metal sometimes. I think those first well, couple I mean, albums. Scandinavia, right? So, it's got to be flavored by it. Uh, well, you know what it is? It's like those first couple albums are essentially power metal. And then, follow the Reaper onwards, they're a melodic death metal band. So, fair, I got guess. It. But, you know, here's, here's when Bodum started to suck for me. You know how, like, the first several albums are just, like, hard colors? Like, Something Wild yeah. is dark red. Hate Breeder is, like, fluorescent, gross, slime green. Follow the Reaper is blue. Yeah. Then you get to Blood Drunk, and it's it's good. After that, <laughs> they stopped doing colors, and I was just like, okay. <laughs> and then, like, something, some weird core identity of the band. It's kind of slick. I think they fell into like Iron Maiden syndrome. They just kept on redoing the same <laughs> material again and again. That's kind of yeah, like that's kind of what I was getting at with them. It seems like you've you only really need like maybe three or four albums. Yeah. After that, it's just sort of like, eh, it's more the same, but not as good. Yeah, the only saving grace was like they were just so fucking popular, and you know they played really well consistently. Like I've never seen a bad Bodum show. Um, I definitely watched them. I mean, in... have a lot of attractive fans. Yeah, yeah. Bodum <laughs> definitely yeah, gets anyways, women yeah. at their shows. That's for sure. And like, um, yeah, they're, they're pretty accessible. Like, you know, hey, they're really hey, melodic. I, I, I and kept like... that asexual. You're the one who brought that into. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm just saying, man. Cancelled. There, there are no Volvadonia fans, but hey, you can't I'm win them all. Kidding. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> You know, that's, I don't know if this is a podcast appropriate topic. In fact, I might wager to say it's not. Oh, it's definitely. No, I'm actually not going to say it. I'm not, I'm not going to go there. Never mind. 
No, I am going to go there. So what I was, like, wondering about is, like, you yeah. know, it's, it's a trend. Maybe this is just the bands that I follow. This might speak volumes about my taste. Okay. Um, a lot of bands are putting out, like, women's booty shorts and, like, thongs and stuff like that. I'm, like. Yeah, they've been doing that for, I mean, I think I remember seeing that back in, like, 07, 08, maybe. That's been a thing for a while, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Some bands do it way more than others. Here's the thing. Here's what I've noticed. Oh, yeah. Slam and Deathcore does that a lot. Oh, yeah. Not so much other genre. Lot, Sorry? Well, those were the shows I was playing a lot when I first saw them. Like, either playing or attending. Right. Um, even though they're not really, like, super my kind of music, like, I, the bands I played in were all, like, for a while, super Deathcore-y, um... So yeah, I've seen yeah. lots of that shit at like deathcore and slam shows. So other genres, <laughs> let's be honest, especially slam, pretty alienating towards women for yes. a plethora of reasons that we don't need to go into because me and Aaron have discussed. And if you're an astute observer, you'll probably know why slam especially. I figured by now, yeah. Slam especially, like, has that whole, like, woman-killing motif on so many of the records. And I'm just, like, I, dude, I'm not down. I am not a Slam no, guy. That's, that's a lot of what turns me off about it. Yeah. Like, and, I mean, I, I'm i willing to also say, however, that, like, bands like Distant and, like, um, Volvedonia, they don't really have songs that are, like, vaginal excretion murder yeah. rampage like you know what i mean like they're not like super hypersexual 24 7 all the time and they sell that kind of like merch and like it's it's whatever but i just like i just think that is so bizarre and like you know bands like black label society can get away with that they can get away with selling like bikinis oh, yeah. and shit like that because like it's it's a biker thing and that that's that, that we don't have to go there about biker culture and how they treat women that's I think whatever man like i think they're one of those bands that's just big enough that like even if the artist has no knowledge of it, there's all sorts of shit just with their name slapped on it. Like, yeah. Piss. I, those guys probably aren't even aware of 75% of the fucking merch out there. It's no, I think those like, guys are. I, I think if you're Volvedonia, well, you're not too big to be bigger than Jesus. Like, don't get me wrong, dude. They're a big band, especially within our, like, world of extreme metal. They're pretty well, big. I don't mean... I don't mean them. I mean, like, when you mentioned Black Label Society. Oh, yes, yes. Like, I, I think they're less of a, like, it, that's less of a genre thing and more of just, like, oh, they're big enough to just slap their name on anything and you'll fucking sell it. But to be fair, Zach Wilde is probably the kind of guy who would be, like, oh, I guess sell a Black Label thong? Hell yeah, brother. He'd probably, he probably would have signed off point, on it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> but I think what's really interesting is that, like, Deathcore and Slam have, or, okay, to be fair... <laughs> It's not true slam, and that's the huge distinction. I know, <laughs> someone's going to get on my throat about this because I know how slam fans are. Do you know what I'm talking about, though, where it's like... I do, but it's so funny to hear you say it. <laughs> it's not true slam. I, I, it's like, I, could, I could feel the pain in your voice as those words left your mouth. Because it's not fun to talk about. <laughs> it's like, But we all know what I'm talking about, where it's like... Because like Deathcore and Slam have this weird like relationship where they rip each other off, but they pretend like like Deathcore guys like Slam and vice versa, but Slam guys don't yeah. like Deathcore. So then you have this weird hybrid Slam Deathcore genre where 
I guess like you know, it was more of a female audience, right? But then you have actual slam, which is like the gorectomies and the disgorge and stuff, and no fucking woman like that shit. <laughs> and I know there's gonna be the one guy who's gonna be like, nah, nah, man, I, I know a girl who loves that shit. Like, I bet you do. I bet she exists. I don't doubt this. But just uncommon enough that it's it's an outlier. Like, it's an outlier. It's an outlier, yeah. man. I just, I, but I find that like so interesting because like I'll be like scrolling through Instagram and see like I get like a post from a band where it's like they're like they're like modeling like the bikinis and like yeah, you know, like it's always. It, I, I think it might be the same pool of models. It's always like <laughs> the girl with like a shitload of tattoos, and it's like you know oh, like colored hair God, and I'm stuff, to... and she's wearing like the tank top, and I'm like, amazing marketing. Like let's let's be real, let's... it's fucking brilliant. So, obviously, like, you're also super into, like, um, like metal and death metal and all that shit. Was there a point a few years ago where your, like, uh, social media algorithm was pushing this, clo- like, really ugly, med- like, alternative tattoo lifestyle clothing from, I think it was from Montreal or something. But every fucking ad was just a video of some... I remember the one guy looked like a tatted up Jon Snow and they're just, or there'd be like a girl doing the, like the sexy lip bite or something while playing with like a fucking road flare and just looking super grim and pouty at the fucking camera. I actually never seen that, but um, I'm surprised. I can tell by your facial expression, but I had to keep going. (laughs) <laughs> no, you had, yeah, I just wanted to see how far this would go, but, like, no, I actually never saw that ad, but I'm also surprised I didn't. But you know what, dude, that is actually, now I like... I I remember what the brand was, like, fuck. I can also justify that, though, to be fair. I, uh, I, um, used to follow a lot more tech death, and a lot more, yeah. like, progressive death metal, and that style of marketing just doesn't fucking fly, man. Like, you are not gonna get, like, a death metal band, or... A true death metal band that's gonna have like you know ads like that and stuff like that because you know like that's oh, absolutely the thing. not the whole alternative lifestyle thing has way more in common with like i don't know like punk and hardcore like subcultures like oh, yeah. being a tattooed hot dude is not <laughs> like a core tenet of like being a metalhead right I, admittedly, I have totally walked into shows, saw a band start playing, and just thought, like, before they start, I, I should say before they actually start playing, or when they're doing their intro thing, I've totally just looked at them and thought, oh man, these guys are way too fucking good looking to play good shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's just confirmation bias, but most of the time I'm right. Sometimes oh, I'm wrong. I'm very happy when I'm wrong. <laughs> there has to be a horseshoe theory about this, though, where it's like, oh, on one point, you have, <laughs> we're getting some mean topics here. Okay, we're going to get the one part where you have the really gritty, not so Look how snowflakes. I, I know, this is not for the faint of heart anymore. So on one end of the spectrum, on one end of the horseshoe, you have not so pretty people playing not so pretty music. So whether or not that be like death metal, like hardcore, whatever the fuck you got. I'm just picturing that. Shane Enbury from Napalm Death. Yeah, 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 she, yeah. He's not a handsome guy, <laughs> like you know. I, mind you, saying that he's seems like a wonderful human being, and oh, if I'm sure. I had the chance, I'd give him a hug. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. 
So anyways, the horseshoe keeps on going, right? It, it bends out. You get some outliers and some other genres. But you got some, like, really ugly blues guitar players. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, it keeps on going. It keeps on going. Somehow you wrap all the way around back to the other end of the horseshoe, and then you have really gorgeous people who play, like, death metal or, like, deathcore and stuff like that. Um, skate plan. There were some very pretty men. Oh, yeah. They were all, like, like Greg is a, the singer, Greg Pachuto. He's He's pretty much a model by all conventional standards. I, I remember the first time I saw them play. I hadn't seen him, um, but I had listened to them. And I just looked up. I was just like, who's this fucking Jersey Shore guy? <laughs> right. But then right. he rips, so it's fine. Like, it doesn't matter because he's fucking rad. Like, and you got Ben Wyman, who's very much like your 30-year-old hardcore dude. And, you know, he's he's definitely a, yeah. he's a handsome-looking fella. He's definitely, uh, you know what I mean? You're a 30-year-old. So yeah. Lifelong straight edge, vegan. Yeah, he wears V-necks. He's got the tattoo sleeves. He wears the funny 30-year-old kind of dude caps and stuff like that. Like, But and then, like... fucking rips, and he would destroy any of us. Like, yeah, oh, dude, he shreds. He's way too good. Yeah. Even in Calculating Infinity, oh, yeah. he ripped back then, and that's an old record. Um, But then you got... Then, most tech hit, but, yeah. but then you also have like, a band like Entheos, who plays... like I guess you would call him, like, proggy tech death oh, yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. The singer, she's gorgeous. The guitar player guy's really handsome. They're a very good-looking bunch. I guess I should say with this particular, like the band that I'm thinking of, I won't say their name because um, I'm still kind of friends with one member. But yeah, they had like the feathered hair, white V-necks. I kind of think they were Christ core. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. I don't know. Maybe it was just the fact they were white, wearing white shirts. Maybe that's it. Maybe it was just like, what's this lawful good shit? <laughs> I love how like that <laughs> yes, was our criteria. I love our criteria back then was just like, oh man, look at these posers. They're wearing like designer jeans and like Vans and like <laughs> t-shirts. Uh, like, although honestly, like they they're just one of those bands that sounded exactly how they looked too <laughs> oh yeah yeah no there was an image back then and that's you know what I, mean? you know, like... I think about that a lot because i that's when i started going to shows because i was very oh, young yeah. during the uh, myspace scene explosion and like uh yeah dude uh first of all it's it's such a different world now because first of all all of those shows were all ages because they had to yeah. be because let's yeah. be honest and I think about that a lot, man, where it's like I grew up with this stuff. So I think about some of the all ages shows I went to. I remember I saw um, Blind Witness. Oh, shit. Uh, Tony Danza, Tab Dance Extravaganza. Oh, you're so good. And some other like straight up shreddy ass, like I'm pretty sure still kind of like low key relevant, like metalcore band. And I was just like. It was an all-ages show, but now if that show were to happen in the year 2022, it would be like, you know, drinking age restrictions kind of thing and stuff like that. But back then, you know, we all looked like little wieners because <laughs> we were all, like, trying to look cool. Like, man, fashion back then was a disaster. 2010 was a bad transition period. I had stupid hair. I wore ill-fitting clothes, as did we all. Of course. My girlfriend showed me pictures of her scene days, and I was like, oh, God, I can't believe you thought that was cool. It, oh, my God. It's my, uh, my sister actually did, like, 
a thesis on the MySpace explosion. <laughs> That's and like cool. The, which oh, I laughed my ass off at first, but then the deeper she dug into it, the more I'm just like, this is fascinating. You no, know? it is. <laughs> just... Yeah. I, I have a lot to say about it too, from a marketing perspective and like, um, well, cause it kind of took the, that, that kind of like exploded into a lot of like small town shows that you wouldn't have otherwise had. And it was like a whole thing that only really happened because the internet. Yeah, it was the first time bands went viral. Or maybe not the yeah. first time, but like... That's how Top Four Cowboy got huge. Yeah, it was the precursor for going viral at the time. And also just like, talk about genre growing pains, man. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, man? Like, genres were basically invented on this weird circle of the internet. Like, you don't see crunk core anymore, but like, hey man, someone fucking thought of it. Someone thought of like adding post-hardcore screams on top of like i don't know what you'd call that style of shitty rap music but like someone did it i like just, rap a lot but i hate crunk core well, i, I think fucking love hip-hop but yeah yeah crunk core is a whole other thing it's not good not good my friend it was, not good it's good for a larf from time to time yeah so all that but, happened but then also like yeah. metalcore went through and deathcore went through a weird thing and same of hardcore too where it's like there's this like whole lolxd random kind of like vibe where it's like you'll have songs about heartbreaks but then it would be like the song title would be i tripped on my panda at the mcdonald's on santa cruz street or something like really fucking like random like that yeah, that one I, abandon all ship song was called pedestrians. Oh another word for uh, speed bumps and. But you know what it was, man? That I thought was really fascinating, like that stuff. Going back to the whole like women liking heavier music. Oh, it was the most misogynist shit ever. It, it was, but yeah. there there was a huge women audience for so much of this stuff, like. And I, I think today there's there's some of that for sure, but I mean, like, man, I remember when I was in high school, I would, like, see women wear, like, uh, or I guess girls, because that's who are children, but, you know, <laughs> I'd see people wear, like, Suicide Silence t-shirts, and I'm like, that's, like, so wild to me that, like, teenage girls were, like, repping, like, legitimate heavy deathcore yeah, shirts and really stuff like that. It's weird, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, that's rare. It doesn't really happen. Like, dude... It'll be a cold day in hell if it happens. And, like, imagine, like, in the year 2030, teenage girls were wearing, like, old... Imagine if old-school death metal had, like, this weird, like, teenage revival. Then you see, like, 14-year-old girls wearing, like, I don't know, like, Disgorge t-shirts. You would fucking lose your shit. Because you'd be like, that's so weird. Like... Thing is, I have got to a point where I did notice... Like, yeah, I, I guess I had the same thing. When I noticed it got a lot more popular, like, among... Yeah, like teenage girls are. My God, I'm feeling my age right now. Fuck it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. 34 year old years old, and I don't even like saying like, I feel creepy even just saying the two words "young girls." Yeah. Like I, I feel like I have to say it in a creepy fucking accent. Like, oh yes, father, all the young girls are out. Like, mm. <laughs> it's bad. Um, yeah. It's not good. But I mean, at the same. I guess what I was trying to get at was that I know so little about what's fucking cool now. <laughs> if that could happen, I'd just be like, oh, well, shit, I guess I have been living under a rock, you know? I, I try to uh, keep on the up and up. 
I try to keep an ear to the underground the best I can because the underground always is where it starts, man. It's always where oh, it course. starts. And you know, you'll, you'll tell if you just hang around in circles that are like, I don't know, I guess like, how do I describe it? Like, you and I hang out on some of like the s- similar Facebook groups and stuff like that. And uh, I'm not going to say what those are because like I don't want to, you know, give away too much. <laughs> about where we hang out on the internet but like you gotta gatekeep you gotta gatekeep a little bit but yeah we, we follow <laughs> groups where it's like i feel like these are not conversations that old people are having like i know i'm in some groups that like oh. talk about like social justice in relation to media stuff and that, that's not a place where old yeah. people hang out man that's like like i feel like i'm in the older demographic of that but like you know you got some of the younger posters in there and they, they say some i think pretty interesting insightful stuff and like um, if you look at the music that just trends on Spotify and what comes up, like even if you listen to like hyper pop, like tangentially and just like fr- from afar, that's what the kids are into, right? Like, or if you like, even do when yeah. I go to deathcore shows, I see like young people, like you know, I, all these shows are drinking age restricted. But I remember when I went to um, the Lorna Shore Suicide Silence show, yeah, there were people who were like. Just legal, yeah. yeah, like just legal drinking age in the states. And, I guess. Um, um, yeah. I think. Oh my god, I hate to even be the guy to bring that up, but um, I think the pandemic is what really did it for me. What do you mean? Because all of it, well, because all of a sudden I'm not going out to shows like a couple times a month. I'm not um, going out nearly as much as I was before. Because there's a lot of people close to me who are. Uh, immunocompromised so right right I, I had a bit more of a restriction on me than others and my kind of I, I did have sort of a musical discovery point during that period and even leading up to now but it's all <laughs> it, it's all like dead people basically it's all like yeah yeah i got i got super into st- I guess CB Wonder isn't dead. Bad first one on the list, but I got really into like '60s CB Wonder for a while. I got really into um, uh, like Sly and the Family Stone for a while. Yeah, or... the good R and B and funk stuff. Yeah, I yeah, love that shit, like man. Barry yeah. White. Um, yeah, fucking Marvin Gaye. Yeah, man. That's but then on shit. the other hand, on the other hand, I got really into like Johnny Paycheck and Waylon Jennings and yeah, um, the good country Willie Nelson stuff. here and there. Yeah, like some classic outlaw country. So, yeah, maybe it's just the isolation just kind of made me like go back in time. And uh, I, I sometimes I just like doing that thing of going like, well, the, the guys who really in- influenced me, who influenced them? Oh, you went down the rabbit hole, like that kind of rabbit hole. I, I like doing that sort of stuff. And the fact like the isolation really um, lend, lent itself to that, I think. Especially with just like, um, a lot, you know, through most of the pandemic, it was like, I can't go out and do anything fun, but I still got to fucking work. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think that was just kind of an escape for me. I don't know. It was almost like that, that's my chance to ignore, um, all the depressing shit in the news and just kind of like go back to, a discover some cool old shit. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's strictly due to the pandemic or what, but that's kind of like, yeah, my musical shit has kind of gone backwards over the past few years. I feel yeah, people, really out of touch. People as a say that, of that that uh, you hit it 
the age of 32, 33, and that's when your music taste regresses. And I don't know. I'm not there yet, so I don't know. I'm yeah. still in my 20s. But, like, I think about that a lot because the reason why I wonder if I'm going to be one of those people because, like, I follow Finn McKinty, for example, the punk rock NBA, and he's, like, he's pushing 50, and he's really on the up and up of underground stuff. And I don't know. Like, oh, yeah, you still, I mean, there's always exceptions, right? Yes, like, I feel, I wonder if I'm one of those people because I really, 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 really like new shit. So I, I wonder if that's just, like, a part of who I am. That's, like, just my MO or, like, how that's going to play out in the long run. But, like, yeah, I try to keep my ear to the ground by just seeing, like, what's trending. Because, you know, the the tastemakers are teenage women, honestly. Oh, of course. Yeah, 100%. Huge, huge Always part of it. And that's, that's a thing, yeah. Like, so, yeah, like, you know, it kind of goes back to our deathcore conversation. Like, you know, like, young women sometimes still like that stuff. And, like, you know, slam thoughts. <laughs> like, some of those girls are pretty young. It's, like... But it gives you a I mean, window I, of what's popular, like, you know, and I mean, I started seeing like way more young girls at shows for, yeah, like mostly the deathcore, um, yeah, like more kind of the deathcore scene than like the quote unquote true death metal shit. But then I also, I guess most of the local shows I used to go to when I was young were also punk shows. Punk shows have always been a safe haven for young people, I find. I um You're still gonna have a lot of creepy dudes. Oh yeah, but, dude. That's um, like that's a huge, huge, huge problem. That's I don't know how oh, yeah. you're ever gonna address that except for just calling it when you see it, I guess. Like, um and and I think now that, that stuff doesn't fly nearly as much as it used to. Like people oh, get no. called out, man. People will definitely get beat up for that kind of behavior and like yeah man like rightfully, rightfully so. so yeah it's just i think the tide's turning a lamb gum show for that like but you know what man i i don't know if that shit where, where that shit still does fly because you know you can't catch it all but i've noticed like punk shows that's the first place that's not gonna happen like i've been going to diy spaces for shows since like um my you know my town closed a couple venues yeah. So I've been going to Kill Room and stuff like that, and like, yeah, dude, that's a that's a young person place. Like all the dudes who are skating there, and all the young guys and gals, like they they they're got to be like eighteen, nineteen or something, man. Oh, like, I feel so fucking old when I'm. When you go to the Kill Room, yeah, yeah, dude, it's like, dude, that's yeah. a young crowd who goes there, and I'm actually like really surprised to see that. I'm like, I mean, it's cool though, because it just again lets you know that like, hey, man, like that's what the youth are into. It isn't makes me feel like that my taste isn't like super out of touch because man i went to do uh photos at 200 stab wounds a couple mm. weeks ago or not a couple weeks it was like a month ago at this point and the crowd was just so much older it was just like a stark oh, really? contrast oh yeah dude i mean to be fair like there were people in their 20s for sure but i okay. mean there's a lot of older guys i mean you know what it is it's like you know the difference between like when you go to a hardcore show versus a like a death metal show especially like a death metal band that's kind of a throwback band mm-hmm. it's different right like you know when you go to a, a hardcore show there's a lot of young people who are throwing down and like really getting into it jumping around and like being idiots and then at death metal show some of these dudes have full-time jobs and back pain and they don't want to <laughs> they don't want to go hard anymore it just is what it is and it's like no hate on that if you're old and have back pains like it's real life i'm just i also think Hardcore has always been more of a, how do I put this, active um, local scene. I mean, like, physically active. Like, it's always been, 
about movement. It's always been about moshing and slamming and shit. Whereas death metal is like, yeah, moshing is a big part of it, but I find you're going to get a lot more arm crossers at like any death metal show, no matter what the ages or what the period was. I think, I think at one point death metal was a mosh genre when it was new and there was young blood. I don't know about yeah. that anymore. Cause dude, like that when I, sense. I'll see videos of like a Fallujah set that happened in Toronto, like, I don't know, like a week ago, and I was like, "Yeah, man, that's a pretty uh, motionless crowd." <laughs> I mean, yeah. Fallujah's thinking, man, death metal. They, they're, I guess, but... they're a prog, like they're essentially a heavy prog band. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's not the same though. It's like it, it doesn't it doesn't it, it it's meant it's not meant for that crowd. And I don't know. No. I think from a that's just like a really good lesson in marketing. I think about like you know what what gets people moving and why that's so important and why keeping like young people involved is so important. Oh, it, absolutely. Like I the in my old band, some of the, the best shows we ever played were ones where we somehow managed to get through to the local high school. Like we'd have one opening band where I think there might've been one of age member and the rest were high school kids and they would hand out flyers. And like, obviously you're not going to get that a lot because most venues, they hear all ages and they're just like, we're just asking for a fucking lawsuit. Yeah. They're not down. They are not down anymore. Which I was always so pissed about until I started working at a bar and we got audited. (laughs) It was like, Oh, yeah, I totally fucking get why they wouldn't watch. There's a really good reason why all ages shows aren't really a thing anymore. Or at least not in our country. I don't know like what happens in America. Like, but, but you know what? In I think America, it's, they play shows wherever they want. You know, obviously it was a much different time, but like man, think about like how the high school scene in the seventies was a legitimate touring circuit. Yeah. Like, dude, I KISS know. played high school gyms. <laughs> I know, Rush I played it. high school gyms, and I'll be like, they probably weren't it, that much older. They must, I'm sure some of them were like, you know, over the age of seniors. Of course, sure. Did you ever go to? I, I know, I know, you were in um, KW for a while. Did you ever eat at Ethel's? No, I don't know what that is. Um, it's a awesome little like, um, it's basically just a dive bar with really fucking good food. Yeah, and yeah. it's. It's uh right on it's on King Street, I believe right next to the Mr. Sub. Oh, I probably passed by it a million times. Yeah. You've definitely passed by it a million times. Um the pulled pork is fucking incredible. Uh but yeah, they've got all these old ass posters from like the seventies and eighties. So you'll see like KISS playing at the local high school. Rush put there's like six or seven rush posters playing at local high schools or colleges and shit. And yeah, like it's, it's really fun to see. You're seeing like Alice Cooper playing the local fucking high school gym. It's insane. That's so that funny shit. to me. Yeah. But you know, Actually, really, I guess, yeah. What I think when I start to notice my age a bit more was, um, when I went to the last time I went to a nightclub <laughs> and I'm pushing 30, right? So I noticed because, like, if you think about it, like, you know, in Canada, if you're 29, you're 10 years above the legal drinking age, right? Yep. You notice, like, when you're, um, when I'm at, like, a nightclub and I'm, like, you know, 27 or 28 years old, I'm looking at the crowd, I'm like, we don't look the same. 
we don't talk the same and it's like it's so apparent to me it's it's just so crazy though like how that 10-year gap makes a huge difference but i mean like hey it's just like you know the way it the way it goes that is like one of the phobias of aging of like oh my god i am the old person in the room and but it kind of goes to show though, if you're going to be the old person in the room, you better be a cool fucking boomer or else people will think you're an asshole or a creep or something. And it's like, but again, rightfully so, like, you know, a lot of people, I think, feel bullied by the, you know, the older generations, right? And like, I know I definitely feel that. Like, I don't think Gen Xers like me very much. I, I don't, boomers aren't, <laughs> I'm not really a boomer, like, friendly kind of guy. So, like, dude, I get it. So, you know, the same thing I, where it's like when I go to hardcore shows and I notice the people got to be like, you know, 19 or 20, give or take, you know, I try to be like a, I don't know, like a good audience member, a good Samaritan and like try to like make these scenes like, you know, pleasant places where, you know, the young people don't grow up thinking that us 30 year olds are a bunch of fucking assholes. <laughs> like, I think that's so important well, for course. me to like set yeah. that example. Right. And like, oh, I remember like hanging out with guys like that when i was first going to like local punk shows and or even just hanging out with like uh the skaters downtown in port dover where i spent most of my teen years like it's they 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 were all cool to me for the most part aside from beside a couple dicks here and there so i feel like there's i mean i'm at the point now where every now and then i talk to some kid and i'm saying like and even by kid, I mean like late, te- like nineteen, twenty-one, around that. Yeah. And I'll mention bands I've seen or some shit like that. They'll go like, "Whoa, really?" I'm just going, "Fuck, I'm one of those guys now." <laughs> yeah, man. You mean you it's, got me? Like you're you're a little bit older it's a weird than me. Feeling. Yeah. You're you're a little bit older than me. When you said, "Yeah, dude, I saw like High and Fire at the Casbah," I was like, "Oh, that's actually really <laughs> cool." <laughs> um, one that still blows my mind is I saw. Uh, during orientation week at university, I saw Walk Off the Earth when they were still a three-piece ska band. That's actually a little above my head. I don't really know those guys. I know of them. I know like they're a they're a popular band. I actually don't really. I, I don't like, met them in passing, like at a local show. Well, when like I, I'm not even really into their tunes, uh, per se, but it's it for me. It's just wild thinking. Like I've got I've got a friend in Wales who's a huge fan. And she was gushing about how, like, oh, I got to see them live. It was the greatest thing ever. I've been waiting for years to see them and da-da-da. I'm just like, man, I remember seeing them playing in front of fucking nobody in, like, the campus bar. Yeah, that was kind of cool. <laughs> like, I, like I said, I'm not super into their music, but it was just, like, I don't know. Makes you feel old and cool at the same time. Does that make sense? No, it does. I remember when I saw them. But, that, you know, like, I'm at the age where that gets less impressive as time goes on because, like, I, I've seen so much music and I've experienced so much, like, you know, like, from all sorts of different genres. It takes a lot... I thought I was jaded. Yeah. I, I, I It takes <laughs> a lot to impress me, honestly. Like, because, like, I, I'm one of those people I fully accept. I just missed out on some stuff. It's, it's, yeah. It is what it is, right? Like, I, I don't, like, fault that. I don't, like, get jealous about that. But, um... I was waiting. I went to go uh, born and raised in St. Catharines, and that was like the day where um, Lexus on Fire was headlining and Billy Talent was this, uh, the co-headlining yeah, there support. there was a really big music scene in St. Kitts for that time period, wasn't there? There was. There was a big DIY very, very hardcore and post-hardcore stuff and emo stuff. They still kind of have a little yeah. bit of that. Um, anyways, I'm waiting in line because, you know, festival bathroom lines are a nightmare. And an old guy, he must have been, I don't know, like – 
40 year old kind of dude so like you know maybe not quite double my age or whatever and he he was talking about like yeah i saw Luxus on fire years ago and i saw billy talent when they were like a nothing band like playing <laughs> like these diy spaces and i was like fuck man you're so old but you know what it is too it's like you got this like 40 year old like this 45 year old hardcore dude but the way he talked i was like oh man you would not gel with the kids because we were talking There's about yeah, there's a way to be the cool old person and the not cool old person. He was not the cool old hardcore guy because I told him. He asked me because he knew. I I guess I let it slip that I'm a musician. Big mistake, by the way. I should never tell people that. <laughs> but um, we started talking about guitar gear, and I told him, like, yeah, like, I used to have a bunch of pedals. Honestly, I, I sold off my shit. I want to go full digital. Like, I, just, you know, yeah. just what it is, man. I got shit to do. I don't got time to fuck with that. And he's like, what? You sold all your shit? Oh, man, let me tell you. This goes on about his oh, fucking rig and it's like i can't be that guy man i'm gonna get down the ground level i gotta know what the kids are up to so when i when i talk to the kids about my gear i don't like come off as like an old man i, don't know, I guess for me it's more just like i like what i like and if other people like it that's cool and if i hear some new stuff like oh my god this is gonna I'm really going to fucking lay down how out of touch I am. I heard Lizzo for the first time like two weeks ago. Honestly, me too. I've always knew who she was because honestly, I knew about her because of an Eric Andre skit. Oh, really? Yeah, she was on season five. I don't even remember what the gag was, but she was on there. And I was like, oh, she seems funny. And then with this whole flute controversy that's been going around. Yeah. Just fucking hilarious, by the way. I actually decided to check I, out her music, and I was like, "This is really good. This is like right up my alley, really dude." Good. Dude, yeah, she's fucking like I, sick. I uh, we were watching Hot Ones, mm -hmm. and it was the episode with her on it. And I was just like, "Oh shit, she's she knows her shit. She's funny. Oh, she's, she's really funny. She's man. fucking hilarious." And I could tell just by the way she was talking about music. I would go like, "Okay, this isn't just some." personality that they're applying to pre-written pre-recorded whatever shit like she right. knows her she knows her stuff and then yeah my girlfriend put on one of her songs and i just went just funky baseline kicks in and i'm just like okay you got me you got me right here dude it's party and then music the lyrics really it's fucking great party music like yeah. the lyrics are clever the music's really well written it's just very it's got that old school like motown funky vibe but with just like just enough modern shit to make it really like unique and make it really relevant. It's a really yeah, good extension. Rules. It's a really good extension of what was established in previous R and B kind of trends. And it just modernizes it. It just makes it like the pop sensibilities are exactly what it needs to be. It still exactly, has, yeah. you know, good guitar playing, good bass line. I, I'm not, I don't remember if all of her songs have drummers. I'm going to assume a lot of it's drum machines, but I mean like probably, uh, Dude, like, it's just, a, again, a really good interpretation of that style. And You know, another good one that I think, who blows my mind, one of my favorite, I guess you would call her a pop artist per se, but Remy Wolf. Mm -hmm. Do you know who that is? Not familiar, no. Oh, dude, she's so good. If you like Lizzo, I think Remy Wolf, in my mind, is, like, my favorite artist of this genre. She's a, I'm sure she's a Toronto gal, and, like, um, she's a singer. Okay. And, dude, just, like, straight up, like, modern R&B, but more in the party vibe so it's not like i i really want to make a distinction because i know like you know for older people when i say r&b they might think of like tlc and like 
uh, boys to men and stuff like that. I want to make myself abundantly clear. There's I am so not down. I am like, not down with that version of R and B. Like I don't mind it, but I like the more modern interpretations of Neil Soul and R and B. Anyways, yeah, dude, she's awesome. Remy Wolf is the shit. She has an album called "I'm Allergic to Dogs." Well, it's an EP or whatever, but fucking amazing. Her album Juno. I feel her pain. <laughs> yeah, man, she has like kind of big time Amy Winehouse fan of Amy Winehouse vibes, but way more okay. fun, way more fun and less like adult contemporary. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. You'll know what I mean of... when you listen. Like, okay, yeah, I'll check yeah. it out. Yeah, no, that sounds cool. So we've been running for almost two hours here. So I was gonna say, yeah, we're getting pretty, pretty late. I, I got to work late tomorrow, so I'm staying up for a while, and I got to make my girlfriend dinner and stuff. But before we go, give me a shitty musical opinion you have, besides everything else we've talked about. Um, let's see, shitty musical opinion. Just say a it's genre sucks. <laughs> no, sorry, go pop ahead. Punk. I cut you off. <laughs> pop punk. I'm sorry. I, I don't get it. We're gonna be here for two more hours, my god. I, I I I the the least appealing thing to me ever is basically just um hearing some thirty something year old guy going Life in high school is really hard. Like that that's all I can fucking hear when I hear that shit. I despise Blink one eighty two. Um some forty one. They have some redeeming factors, but for the most part not feeling it. Um I fully acknowledge that a lot of the punk I like would probably be called pop punk by like more hardcore guys. I know I know Rancid's poppy. I know I guess I can't like leftover crack anymore because turns out Stiz is fucking abusive piece of shit what you um, guessed it uh, uh <laughs> but yeah no i i fucking can't stand blink 182 yeah and one there, there are a few things that drive me nuts more than having i i guess speaking of the myspace days having a band that has a really sick heavy fucking riff threading guitars like awesome drums growls and shit and then all of a sudden a chorus kicks in and oh wine 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 i i can't do it i cannot do it i uh I'm sorry i've tried i can't i am a pop punk guy that's that that's, that's my that's hey. my hot take actually is that i do like pop punk but here's here's the problem with your hot take is that this is a predominantly metal audience yeah i know that's You're why before i fire. said it that, that's <laughs> yeah. the thing before i said it i was just like this isn't controversial for this group. No, you got a controversial opinion out there somewhere. Uh, I gotta have something. You gotta have something, man. I'm not I gotta like say Phil Anselmo isn't racist or something. Like, <laughs> I did just listen to the Pantera episode too. Yeah, that was good. Uh, that made me so sad when he said he jumped up and said "white power" because it seemed like he was getting his shit together. It seemed no. like. Nah. It really, it really felt to me like, oh, it was the fucking alcohol and heroin. He seems cool now. Nah. And then he did that, and I was just like, nope, no more chances. Nope, you I'm just like this I'm is done. what he's into. <laughs> I had to yeah, be no, that I'm guy, like, guys. No, guys, like, you know what? Nola is a fucking incredible album, but okay, you know what? Here's my hot take. Okay, Down is better it. than Pantera. 
That's a hot take, dude. I like that. You know, it's funny. Before I asked you to come on and just talk about shit, I was actually going to suggest, do you want to do a down episode? I When you were taught, when, when I was thinking about who I'd want to cover, I was going to say Faith No More. How many albums do they have? I probably could have swung that. They had like five. Yeah, it's five or six. It's not that many just because like. I probably could have done that. Yeah. Well, the drummer played with Ozzy for a long time. Mm, yeah. And then Mike Patton has and... 8,000 fucking projects. But I feel like Faith No More would be kind of cheating on my part because I like all their albums. No, that's fine. I do it all Some the time. Some I like more than others, but. I made air. Yeah, you know, I... Dude, that's the whole stick of this show. <laughs> let me Let me boil down the deep dive formula in a nutshell. I okay. pitch a band I know really well, so I don't have to work very hard. Aaron pitches a band he knows really hard, so he doesn't have to work very hard. And every so often, the takes boil down to this. Mark like popular thing. Aaron don't like popular thing. We argue about popular thing. Sometimes we agree on popular thing. That is the show's formula, essentially, boiled down. I got it. Do its bare components, yeah. Me liking a thing and Aaron not understanding why I like a thing. Even after I explain it really thoroughly. That's like our whole show. And then me berating Aaron. <laughs> that's the other half of the show. So your take on Iron Maiden makes a lot of sense if you're taking that approach. If I was to start with the first record and work all the way up, I would probably have a bad taste in my mouth for them too. You know, my problem is I'm a Wikipedia music guy. That's how I got into music. Uh, yeah. You know, I, yeah, I, I got into a lot of new shit that way too. That's how I grew up, man. I, I want to know what a band or a genre was. Oh, I just look up Wikipedia. Oh, okay, it's there for me chronologically. All right, cool. Then the work, the research was done, and I just Googled everything, and I listen to stuff in order, times. man. That's how I operate. Unless it's a new band. If it's a new band, I'll well, just yeah. pick the first song that's the top of the Spotify. If that doesn't grip me, you fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so I really hope your first song is like the best song, and you know, uh, whatever. Anyways, I'm gonna yeah, let you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Everyone, thank you so much for that, uh, whatever this was, this nonsense episode. This is my good friend, Alec McRae. We love you. You love him. We're a happy family. We are a happy family. Be nice to people at shows. Be nice to the kids. They're figuring their stuff out. That's the moral of the story. Um, (laughs) Slam thoughts are a thing. Also, be nice to (laughs) slam thoughts. I should have been more clear about that. I don't want to sound like an asshole. Be nice to them. Some of the nicest people I know are Slam Thoughts. If people slam say... Thought, a Slam Thought rescued my mom from fire. Exactly. And also, some of y'all need to hear this. I don't know who. Some of y'all got to be nicer to women at shows. Oh, fucking 100%. Okay. I'm gl- I had to redeem myself because I'm like, oh, Slam Thought, that, that was kind of a mean thing I said. We like Slam <laughs> Thoughts. We at your deep dive discography appreciate them and their listenership and their... Uh, whatever fuck it anyways alec mcrae listen to wolf leather you can find us on spotify we have a patreon not wolf leather deep dive as a patreon subscribe <laughs> like why wolf... don't we have a patreon because no one would pay into it. <laughs> yeah you're right the six dollars i've made off Bandcamp is more than we'd make off patreon hey, <laughs> hey. bye everybody bye